Sled is a, an American sports executive, three-time Emmy Award-winning baseball analyst, a professor of sports administration at Pepperdine University, a best-selling author of the book The Big Chair, the former general manager of the Dodgers and a scout for the Sharks, and he joins us right now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Ned, your, your former team, first of all, thank you for joining us today. Uh, your, your former team, the Dodgers, on the brink of elimination. Of course, a lot of people want to point the finger uh, what's, of what's going wrong. What's your observation as the Dodgers are now down in the 3-1 hold of the Braves? Well, I think it's uh, there's always many reasons why things happen, whether it's good or whether it's uh, not been. By the way, thanks for having me on today. The um, the Dodgers in the NL West, and then this year playing the AL West to get to their 60 games, uh, very little competition. San Diego getting better. Uh, Houston was uh, below 500, I think, when they played them. Uh, not a lot of competition. And I, I think sometimes you, you lose track of uh, how hard it is, where the bar is, how good you're going to have to be. And uh, for the first time all year, obviously they're, they're, they're struggling. Atlanta's thrown three rookies the last three games as starting pitchers. Uh, Ian Anderson was great. Uh, Wilson last night was great. Kid in the middle, not so good with the 11-run first inning. But they've challenged the Dodgers. They've got a good offense. I think everybody knew that going on going in. I'm not sure they expected the pitching to be as good. And I think it's uh, it's just kind of maybe a, a change in, hey, wait a minute, you know, this team is is better than everybody else we've played, and how high is the bar? I think that's a little bit of it. Ned, I look at the Dodgers, and, and I don't say this lightly because I know how hard it is to wor- win a World Series. I, I feel like they deserve a World Series. I feel like the, the way that the Dodgers have drafted, have developed, they've spent wisely. They they won the eight division titles, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, and so you broke down this year. Like, what what is going on? Is it just the randomness of, of October? And, and I'm sure we'll get into Kershaw in a minute. Maybe that's a part of the randomness. But like, what do you make of the last eight years specifically? How they just haven't been able to get over that hump? Well, it is, it is somewhat the randomness of it, and I think some of it is just. You know, baseball, you can, I mean, the other day in that uh, blowout game, I think game game three, Atlanta's pitchers threw 234 pitches in that game. Okay, I say that as an illustration to, okay, there's so many things that go on inside a game. Okay, probably 450 were thrown in in that game itself. But there's one pitch, there's one battle, there's one thing that kind of separates the game, who wins and who loses. You got nine against nine, but you really got one against one most of the time, and it is a it is that type of sport. And I think that you know they've run into some hot teams. They ran into a team in Houston in the World Series a couple of years ago that obviously was using methods uh, uncharacteristic of, of good sportsmanship. Ran into a good Boston team in the series the next year. Um, you know they're a very very good team, well managed, well put together, good players, solid solid people. And once in a while, you run into a team that's better. And once in a while, you run into just that, that flash point, that cross point inside a game. That changes the game. You know, last year, you could look at game five against Washington, where, you know, where Clayton gives up the home run to Rendon and then gives up a home run to Soto. Suddenly, the entire thing is, is upside down. You know, I've, I've spent many days in St. Louis, and uh, I've, you know, I've said this with a smile on my face. I've always hated the Cardinals, right? <laughs> Cub fan, and then I go to work for the Cubs and the Giants and then the Dodgers and 213, 214, my last two teams, the GM, we got beaten in St. Louis. I sat in the same seat in the same place, watched the same thing happen 
both times with Clayton on the mound. The game six in the LCS where he got uh, roughed up there a little bit, and then the Matt Adams homer in the deciding game of the division series the next year. So many times it's it's one situation that can change a game, and you know you got to be the team that when that one situation happens, it's got to happen in your favor, not against you. And a lot of times it's it's gone against LA, but you know what? You get to the World Series, you get to the playoffs, not easy. You get to the second round, not easy. Now you get to the third round with this year, with the first series being a two out of three. Uh, you get to the World Series, not easy. You win it, not easy. It's hard to win, and most people don't ever win as many as they lose. So, but it's been a great franchise. But again, they got their backs to the wall right now. We'll we'll see what they can do tonight. And because of games like the ones you mentioned here in St. Louis with Kershaw in the postseason. There is a narrative about him, and I'm sure you know what it is. Is that a fair narrative about him? Well, you know, it was my first draft, so my first draft is always going to be special to me. Is my our, our first round pick, my first year as a GM back in '06. Um, and I know him very well. He's uh, as competitive as anybody you would know. He's um, as hard a worker as anybody. He's as good a man as anybody I know. Husband, father. Uh, you name it, and got great, great stuff. Um, as I look at last night's game, and we can answer the other question in a second about the narrative uh, from a historical perspective, Dodgers had one hit when he was in the game. Okay, They had scored one run, home run by a kid, Rios. You know, you, you're going to have to expect him to pitch a one-to-nothing shutout, I guess, or, you know, how do you how do you combat that? And he come off a bad back, back issue, and I could just see when he got to that, that sixth inning, he did not have the same sharpness to what he had had before. Uh, I don't know. Is, is that his fault? You know, um, you look back at his career and yeah, he's got the, the spotty record a little bit. It's not as, uh, as flashy as being a hundred games over 500, which is about where he is uh, on the regular season and the winning is percentage lefty in the history of the sport. Uh, so you got that, but you do have the postseason. Uh, as John Smoltz said last night on the, in the broadcast, you take away and you can't necessarily do this because it is real life, but if you were to subtract a certain inning here, an inning there, a situation here or there, you know, you're talking about a, a stellar performance. It's those one innings that end up kind of writing the narrative of his career, including one against St. Louis way back in that, uh, that LCS year, I think, uh, the game at home. No, I'm sorry. Then the uh, DCS the game at home with a big lead early. I mean, cruising, and suddenly, you know, it, it went the other way with Carpenter and the guys starting to get to him. So it's it's hard to say. You know, I know he competes. I know he lives with it. I know it. Um, it's not something he takes lightly. Uh, he's done very well in his career, financially, award wise, uh, exceeding all expectation. But I know what he plays for, and he plays for a World Series championship. I have any no doubt about that, and that's that's the goal. Some guys play for lifestyle. Some guys play for money. Some guys play because it's a good hobby. I mean, players, believe it or not, players play for all sorts of reasons. If you're going to ask them one question at the beginning of their career, why are you going to do this? You're not going to get a whole bunch of them that are going to say, "I want to win a World Series." Okay, a lot of other reasons. Maybe in the old days, everybody said, "I want to win. The, I want to be in the Fall Classic and win it." That's what he does. That's what he's trying to do. And so it, you know, seeing him go through what he went through last night again, again, one run of support, tough to tough to pitch like that. The great, the great late now Bob Gibson was that type of guy in Sandy when at his day, but 
you don't find many guys that can pitch and, and win a one to nothing game. But that, you know, when he's when you get one hit offensively while he's in there, that's kind of what you're expected to produce. And that's you're living on with no margin, no margin of error. Former Dodgers general manager Nick Galetti joining us right now in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Now we're interested in your thoughts too with the pandemic and the uncertainty for president of baseball operations and general managers around the league. How you would approach the off season now? I, do you do you forecast that a lot of GMs will not either be able to or um, uh, you know, want to spend big in, in free agency, or do you think that there will be a couple that will kind of strike while the iron's hot? Well, I think some will, will strike while the iron's hot, but I, I think it's a simple answer, and I think it's a very complex answer. The simple answer is, okay, revenue produces contracts. What's the revenue going to be? That's where it gets complicated, because who knows what the revenue is going to be? I think the it's it's almost it's almost impossible to predict. I think sports and you know, I work for San Jose Sharks. I'm, I'm involved in the NHL as well as the Dodgers, and you know I know it's it's the conversation is about hey we need people in the seats we need the fans to be back, and I think that I don't think you're going to find many sports that are going to be able to continue to play the same way they played and to spend the same way they've spent and to do all that without without the revenue that supports that, including the fan base and everything that goes along with being a fan. And I think that there's, there's not an answer to your question because nobody knows what's coming next. And I think if, if people knew, then you could, you could certainly forecast how it's going to go. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows whether or not Bush stadium is going to be at 40,000 people in the next April. You know, how, how's it going to be? And is it going to be no people, 5,000, 10,000? How's this all going to work? You know, and I, I think the, the unknown is far, far greater than the known. The only thing that is really kind of known, I think, is you need revenue to produce salary. And I think that's, that we know. And that's, that's common. That's simple. Once you get past that, there ain't no simple answer for it because nobody knows. Yeah, Ned, as you're saying that, I just keep thinking to myself uh, that we are going to see a lot of spring training signings then. Because if, if teams don't know like what, what their city, what their state is going to allow them to do, we don't know what this virus is going to do. Do you foresee something like that where you got these free agents just sitting out there until the end because everybody's waiting to get their money? No, I, 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 if I had a guess, I'd say absolutely. Because people aren't going to know. And you know, again, it's not that simple, and and you have no doubt you have uh, a lot of people who are are very well off that own teams, okay. And some of them, that's all they do. Some of them are involved in other industries. Some of them made enough money to buy a team by virtue of being in another industry. How's that industry doing? I don't, I can't answer that question. But I'd be blind to think that that somebody who is is involved with uh, ex professional sports team. In any country, ex-professional sports team who also has holdings or is the president of this other empire on the other side that is also being affected adversely by where the world's at today. Uh, I can't think that, that one may not affect the other. I mean, that's, that's just common sense that, hey, if you're, if you're getting hammered in one area and you're getting hammered in the other area, you know, they're going to play off of each other to some extent. So. I think there'll be late signings. I think some teams will try to get out front. 
uh, and, and you bring up a great point, too, because certain states are going to have different rules. You may have one state, Texas. They're allowed to have people in, in an Arlington this week and next week. Okay, You're not allowed to do that in California. So how do you do all that? You can't even get to Canada to play the Blue Jays or in the NHL. You got all the teams up there. So there's so many different things that people do not know. And it's going to be conjecture and people are going to have, you know, you, you show other shows that people write about what's going to happen, this and that. But truthfully, I don't think anybody knows because even though, I think the point is going that you just made about different states. Like I just said, Texas is different than, than California. Might be different than New York. Might be different than Florida. Everybody's going to have a different limit that they can do, and some will just say, "No, we're not. We're not letting anybody in. We're not in that that place and time." So, how do you manage that? And how do you manage the travel? And how do you manage? Well, baseball was fortunate that Cardinals got hit a little bit. Miami got hit a lot. Some other teams had some cancellations uh, at the very outset of the season. But, you know, I think they did a great job, and the players kind of did what they were supposed to do. They kind of quell what had erupted out of the gate. NHL, I thought, think, had no positive tests. They were all in Canada, though, in two cities. NBA, I don't think I don't know if they had any positive tests. They were in one city. And you're talking about a short period of time. Those two sports, that's just a postseason. Not everybody's in it to begin with. And you got a serious nature because every game is, is you know, got a, a different edge to it because you're you're talking about chasing the cup or chasing the NBA title, and so there's so many different factors and interests and different dynamics that are going to unfold as time goes on. But it's a big book to unfold. It ain't one or two pages. It might be a few pages. Mad sensational stuff. We can't thank you enough for joining us. It's going to be certainly interesting to watch how all these teams operate, not just in Major League Baseball, but uh, as you noted with with the Sharks and the NHL and all the other sports too. So thank you for joining us. Have a great weekend and uh, we'll we'll hopefully catch up with you again soon. All right, guys. Stay well. Talk to you soon. You too. Thanks. Again, former Dodgers general manager Ned Coletti, and he, he brought up a lot of very interesting points and I thought his his response of yeah, it's going to be, there's a simple answer to how teams like the Cardinals will approach the offseason, but it's, it's also complex as well. We'll dive back into that a little bit later on in our show.